0: Line drive, left field, there it is. 2,000 for Andrew McCutcheon in and a standing ovation. Cuts 2K at PNC Park. And everybody up, including Mets fans. And a tap of the back from Mark Vientos, and now McCutcheon doffs his helmet, raises it to the crowd here. Now on the scoreboard. Current hit total 2,000. Both benches, Pirates, and Mets players applauding. Let's go the pitch, swing, and a fly ball to center field. G1 Bay is under it. He squeezes it, raise the Jolly Roger. The Pirates take the series over the Mets and the Renegades saves it. What a weekend. What a bounce back performance from the Battle and Buccos of 2023.
1: So they've won some games. Six of nine in this homestand, two of three from the Mets. Forget about the Oakland series. Let's go Bucks! Six of nine in this homestand, and the Milwaukee Brewers decided to also not win against the Athletics. They got swept over the weekend. The Pirates are a game ahead of first place in the National League Central coming into this week. Let's go, Bucks. 93 7, the fan. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is the fan early morning show. It's the wake-up show. The wake-up show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work. At 84 Lumber, you can apply online at 84Lumber.com. Great morning. Feeling wonderful this morning. Had a good weekend. And a lot of that was uh, created by the foundation of the Pirates. Six of nine. Two of three from the Mets. And... I was a bit frustrated with the series against the Oakland Athletics, but I even said it myself. I know Neil Walker talked about it last week on the morning show, even before the series happened, that maybe you know be a little bit more calm. They just had gotten off the sweep of the St. Louis Cardinals, and it's hard to sweep two series in a row. It seems that the baseball gods, as he put it, do not like when teams sweep consecutive series. It just doesn't happen. That often. Now, they lost two of three, but then guess what the Brewers turned around and did? At home, the Brewers were also at home against the Oakland Athletics, and the Brewers didn't win a game in the three-game series. They got swept. And it just proves my theory from last week that, uh, that I mentioned that, you know, the Oakland Athletics are not trying to lose, even though they have lost what seems to be a, a record-setting pace for losses in a single season. That's where they are right now. I think they're at 16 or 17 wins at this point. Still 50 losses, but they're on a five-game winning streak now. The player's not trying to lose. So forgive the Pirates a bit, right? Forgive them. It was frustrating in the moment, and I was frustrated as well. I wasn't on this show to directly express my frustration uh, at the end of last week after they lost the series. But but think think about it, though. Six of nine games they won on this homestand. So they lost three. They won most of the games. Now, we w- we expected that maybe they would win two of three against the Cardinals or just one of three, and we-, we expected them to sweep the athletics and then maybe win two of three against the Mets. Well, the the wins didn't happen against the teams we expected. I didn't expect them to sweep the Cardinals, and then they did. The Cardinals are a team right now that's – going toward the bottom of the uh, of the NL Central Cardinals eight games out 27 and 39 the Pirates now pacing the NL Central with a 34 and 30 record a game ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers so i'm just saying let's let I, i'm i hope we let that frustration kind of boil over i hope we let that frustration we got it out and now we can relax because the Pirates, in first place, the Pirates took two or three from the Mets. The Mets, a team that spent uh, a notable amount of money in the offseason to put together a winner. That team is below 500 at this point in the season. So it's we're good. Everything's fine. It's all good.
2: It's all good. Everybody's okay.
1: Crowley's in here. Hi, Crowley. Fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't uh don't let that A series spoil anything that's happened here, and let's just reflect on the overall, right? We were frustrated last week, but the Pirates come in, they win uh or they come back and they win two of three against the New York Mets, and they win six of nine in that homestand. So I can't say it enough. Yeah, there's no reason to be frustrated at this point. This uh this homestand is a reason to celebrate. And again, the Brewers being swept by the Oakland days is more than telling. It's more than telling that the Oakland Athletics may be going on a hot streak now in a way that, that nobody expected because they've been doing so poorly. But again, the, those players on that team, I don't think those individual players for their career's sake and, and for their own dignity are not trying to to lose games. So there's that. If you want to call me and talk about this weekend or the entire homestand, you want to talk about the Pirates at all, 412-928-9370. You can also make some comments toward me on Twitter, at Callas underscore three. that's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore three I'll read your comments if they're intriguing enough, or you can give me a phone call. We'll have a conversation about the Pirates because there's a lot to go into. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to as well with this upcoming series. Against the Chicago Cubs, the Pirates will be going to Chicago to play the Cubs. I believe it's the first time this season. Cubs are 28-37, and 37, six and a half games out. This division's really not lost yet. I mean, uh, even the Cardinals, to an extent. We all talk about the reputation of the Cardinals, how nobody's really counting them out. But they're eight games back right now, 27-39. and 39. They're at the bottom of the division. And I think that it's... It was more important I believe that the Pirates swept the Cardinals than swept the A's. And I and I say that because the Pirates have a direct impact on how the Cardinals do in those head to heads and the Pirates contributed to burying the uh, burying the Cardinals as did the Reds over the weekend. Go more in depth on that in a moment, but we got a call. We got Bob from Wexford. Go ahead, Bob. What's on your mind?
0: I just want to talk about uh, uh, how I the Pirates an apology because uh, I thought they were headed for a
1: tailspin after the East took two out of three from them, yeah. And I'm just very, I'm just very proud of the team over the weekend what they did. Bob, thank you for the call. So we got an apology. First call of the morning, we get an apology to the Pirates. I respect Bob for apologizing to the Pittsburgh Pirates, because he thought he said they thought they were going to go on a slide after they lost two of three to the Athletics, and they responded with a hearty amount of runs scored in the first game. And they won two of three against the Mets. So I respect Bob for apologizing. It's the first call we get this morning is an apology to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Love it. I think some people do owe them an apology. Because, you know, sometimes we're so hungry for winning baseball, and I get that. The Pirates have not won a World Series since 1979. And the last two wild card games that the Pirates participated in left a bad taste in our mouths because they ran into two uh, of the greatest playoff pitchers. In, in history, in the history of the Major League Baseball playoffs, and Madison Bumgarner and Jake Arrieta. So, so I, 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 get where the frustration and where sometimes you know we express it in ways that, you know, might not be the best. But the Pirates are in a great position right now. Got another caller, Bob from Pittsburgh.
2: Go ahead, Bob. Hey, it's Bob from the North Side. All right. Yeah, I think. I think we're going to ride this line stay, you know maybe a little above, uh, above average and, uh, cruise and and all this from Cruz and maybe another player comes up. I think it's going to spark us and carry us to the
1: playoffs, and I think we'll make it. I'll you think we're making day. the playoffs? I really do. Let's go. Thanks for the call, Bob. Bob thinks they're making the playoffs. Now, now here's what I'll say, too, just to respond to that. I like – I like a balance, and I appreciate the enthusiasm as well. I'm still kind of staying in the middle of this. I'm riding it, you know, game by game. I like doing what McCutcheon does because McCutcheon said that last week. You know, it's, it's a game at a time, game at a time. If you're optimistic that they'll make the playoffs, I appreciate you for that. I also like to stay in the middle of this, though, because, you know, sometimes when we get too ahead of ourselves as well, We might be set up for disappointment. So don't get too ahead of yourselves either. It's still June. They're still in first place. But I do believe they're realistic in the playoff conversation. And Bob from the north side, not not misguided that they could make the playoffs. I will say that. They're in first place right now. They're still in the conversation. Last June, they were not in the conversation. I think they were falling from third to fourth place because all their injuries started coming along like they lost Jake Marisnick and Roberto Perez earlier on in the season and they were starting to fall from third to fourth it's June 12th and they're in first they're in the conversation and the the floor of the division right now is eight games back in the St. Louis Cardinals like that that series against the Cardinals was so important and I can't stress it enough, it was so important for them to sweep the Cardinals because they have direct impacts on each other. They could have swept the A's, and what, the A's are going to continue to be at the, at the bottom of the AL West? Does that matter to us? Not really. But they took all three games from the Cardinals last weekend, and they contributed directly to the Cardinals falling further back down in the NL Central. Like, it is the greatest thing in the world when the Cardinals can be buried because if they're not a threat, this division becomes winnable, especially with how weak it's been over the last few years. It went from the strongest division in 2015 with the three best records in Major League Baseball all housed in the same division to just gradually becoming weaker and weaker. And now it's weak, but the Pirates are not setting the pace for the bottom. The Pirates are not at the bottom of this week division anymore. The Pirates are contending for the top and, as of today, have the division. And winning those games against divisional opponents is essential. So, and that's why, because you want to bury the Cardinals. You want to bury the other teams you have a direct impact on. This season's a little more tricky as well because the, the teams play less games head-to-head because... Major League Baseball engineered a schedule where every team plays every team from both leagues throughout the whole schedule. So I think it got reduced from like 18 to 12 head-to-head divisional games, something like that. But there's less now. So it gets a little tricky as well for the Pirates. So it's even more important that when you have those division games to win them, When you have those divisional series to win the series, the Pirates took two of four in St. Louis and then at Pittsburgh for a three-game series swept them. That's huge. Bury them. Bury the Cardinals. And again, I would rather have had the Pirates sweep the Cardinals last weekend than sweep the A's. And the Pirates still won a game in that series and overall won six of nine during the whole homestand. The series against the Mets was very telling as well because the Mets spent way more money than every team in Major League Baseball did to try to put together a contender. They're not even cracking 500 right now. So there are reasons to appreciate what the Pirates are doing, where the Pirates are going. There's reasons to appreciate where they are right now, which is in first place. And Again, I'm not getting too jumpy. I'm not going to say that that um, they're destined for the playoffs. They have to work hard for it, and that starts with a game at a time, appreciating and winning a game at a time. One pitch at a time, one plate appearance at a time. Just take it one day at a time, and the Pirates taking it one day at a time through this homestand, netted them six of nine games. Got another caller on the line. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Uh, my name is Stan out here in McCandless Township. Uh, Hi, Stan. Well, good morning to you, my friend. And um, i got to tell you that I really liked uh new rule changes with the speeding up of the game. Mm-hmm. Never, never thought I'd ever see the day when we'd have a game that could possibly take <laughs> two hours or, you know, between two and two and a half hours. But I think yeah. the rule change is really great for baseball. I think it's going to attract a lot more people. I just used to get so bored watching a guy take it a minute and a half before, you know, yeah. a closer in a game. But the other thing, too, is Suwinski, You know, this guy has some tremendous power. Is there any um, thing that you've heard about him maybe becoming a switch hitter? Because he's obviously so- he can't hit left-handers. But, boy, if this guy could ever learn to hit a lefty pitcher. Uh, he he could have some pop more pop you know in his in his bat. So yeah,
1: yeah, Stan. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a switch hitter. Um, yeah, switch hitting is difficult. I'm sure, Neil Walker could attest to that. Uh, and he's coming on the show today, actually, the Fan Morning Show later today. No, Jack Selinski, uh, <laughs> will not be a switch hitter. But I understand. I understand what you're saying. If he uh, if he could hit lefties, he'd be a threat. How about that foul ball he hit two the other day? I think it was Saturday. Hit a foul ball that bounced into the river, but it was foul, so uh, that one's going to be lost to history. But it was this Titanic blast; it was a few feet foul. Yeah, Jack swinski has got some serious power, um, and I mean, if he if he can consistently hit left-handed and just you know keep that pop around, you know, I think a bunch of people were upset in May because he wasn't hitting as well, he wasn't producing as much power, and that's that's fair. I mean. But everybody struggled in May. May was a bad month. And when you wipe that away and you see what he's done coming into June, that that power is is appealing to to watch and look forward to. No stand though, not no uh no switch hitting rumors for Jack Winsky. Uh he'll still have to learn to hit lefties from the left-handed batters bucks. But uh no, no. You like Sawinski when he's hitting home runs and that's pretty much what he's what he's uh, here to do at this point, he's up in the major leagues because he is—he uh, creates that power threat in the Pirates lineup, especially while O'Neal Cruz is not in the lineup. We got some uh, pitching news. Somebody in the starting rotation has been called up to fill in the rotation while the Pirates are moving some things around and dealing with some injuries. I'm going to tell you who that is, and I'm going to tell you Uh, I'm going to react to that and tell you more about that coming up next. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. I'm Nicholas Harry Callis, and this is Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Fan early morning show. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. We're talking the Pirates after they took six of nine in their homestand, swept the Cardinals, took one of three from the Oakland Athletics, and took two of three from the New York Mets. If you want to give me a call, you can. 412-928-9370 is the number you can also tweet me at callus underscore three three that's c-a-l-l-a-s underscore three three and if uh, you have an intriguing comment or question i will i'll read it and i'll answer it i uh, me give you fan weather right now fan weather brought to you by sun chevrolet summer is here come check out trailblazer equinox and the all-new redesigned 2024 tracks and you can check them out online at SunChevy.com. Today, high of 50, uh, high of 67, low of 59, a 90% chance of thunderstorms throughout the day. Tomorrow, it'll clear up a bit. Uh, partly cloudy skies, high of 71 and a low of 51. Then on Wednesday, back to rain, 60% chance with a high of 70 and a low of 54. So a rainy week to start and some thunderstorms expected in Pittsburgh over the weekend. So not great, not a great, not great looking weather for this week. But we had like a drought there the last three weeks. There's been minimal rain, and then we got some yesterday, and some's expected today, thunderstorms expected throughout the area. Rainy week. But at least the Pirates' homestand was beautiful, and now they're going to Chicago to play after an off day today. But Ben Charrington made some comments yesterday on his show. Uh, Let me play those for you uh, real quick. He talked about uh, Rwanda Contreras is going to the bullpen. The Pirates have had some injuries to deal with and they've made a decision on uh, a specific player that's going to fill one of those holes.
0: Now for the immediate future with that rotation, Ben, uh, Luis Ortiz is listed as Tuesday night starter in Chicago but TBA Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, we anticipate
1: that um, we'll have a spot to fill there during the Cubs series and it's likely, most likely to go to someone internal, uh, someone in, in, in the minor, someone in AAA now. Um, we'll uh, we'll get through today and make that decision. Well, they did get through that day. They did win the game against the Mets. That was on the Ben Cherington show from yesterday. And the Pirates, uh, according to reports, I got my information from Adam Crowley, so I, I always trust Adam Crowley with information. But uh, upon further research, there's been multiple reports that say that um, it's Osvaldo Beto. Uh, has been called up. He hasn't been officially moved up uh, by, you know, the transaction list. So he hasn't been, like, officially, officially put on the roster yet. The Pirates still have a day to get him up. But reports suggest that he is going to join the team in Chicago, and he will be a part of the roster, and he may likely get a start. So Oswaldo Beto joining the Pittsburgh Pirates from AAA. And I see that his numbers... Are Similar to Quinn Priester, but Quinn Priester, we knew after those comments were made, there were sources. I think Jason Mackey talked about it on Twitter with a couple other people that said that they can confirm that it wasn't going to be Quinn Priester brought up. So our hopes were crushed at that point, you know, if you're a Quinn Priester fan or rooting for him to come up. I mean, when you got a a, a high-ranking prospect, you want to see those high-ranking prospects. Oswaldo has kind of been circulating around the minor leagues, but his numbers have been... Close to what Priesters are. And Priesters, aside from a few shaky starts, have been pretty good. So it'll be interesting to see um, what Osvaldo Bito can do. And I would rather have the journeyman minor leaguer get his chance because you want to establish what depth you have. Quinn Priester, for what we know from where he was drafted, from where he ranks among prospects, he's got a high ceiling. So you want to protect him more than anybody else. You want to make sure that he develops to the fullest so when you bring him up, he is ready, and you know that because he has those expectations on him. He's a high draft pick, so he's got a higher ceiling. Osvaldo Beto been around the minor leagues. There's not as high of a ceiling, but if he comes up and he pitches well, plug him in, keep him in there, and now you know that he can be a starter for you, and that establishes depth, and that's what the Pirates need, especially at at, – In the starting rotation now that uh, Vince Velasquez is out. Luis Ortiz inconsistent. uh, Ruanza Contreras demoted to the bullpen. So you want to establish depth uh, among starting pitchers. Especially because not every starting pitcher this year has been super consistent. We'll say though, great sign. Johan Oviedo pitched well in his two starts at home. Did pretty well. I will say, until until the seventh inning against the Mets, he's getting close to 100 pitches, and he kind of dropped the ball, so to speak, didn't pitch that well. But he did through the first six innings, kept the Pirates in the game. Uh, Mitch Keller struck out seven yesterday pitched well. uh, And he is the established ace of the team. I uh, I don't think anybody would argue with that. If you want to, you're welcome to call in 412-928-9370. I think he's the ace of the team, though. And it's good that he got a win. He got a bounce-back win after struggling in the series against the Athletics. So that's good, right? Uh, let's talk a little bit about Ruanze Contreras as well. because uh, uh, Anthony from Oakland, nice man, calls in all the time. Uh, but called in and said that, uh, why are we rewarding Ruanze Contreras for not pitching well? He should be sent down to the minors. The only thing I'll say to that, too, is that uh, it's not really – it's not really a reward when uh, you get put into the bullpen in the major leagues. It's, it's it's more of a hey, you're not pitching well, so we're gonna remove you from getting a, a guaranteed appearance once every five games. That's that's just how I look at it. But but also, I mean, you can look at it as a demotion. But also, think about you know if you're if you're trying to get better at something in life, do you do you sprint? If you're not getting it, do you get you know do you go faster? I always like to use the playing an instrument analogy. If you're playing scales, right, you learn from scales, and then you and then you get more complicated, like on a piano or or on a, on a wind instrument. You you got to learn how to play slowly, right? And you gotta and if you're not doing well, you don't try to play faster and and faster and faster. You slow it down so that your brain can process it, and then uh, in turn you play better over time, once you get the slow parts down, you get them all put together, then you play faster and faster and faster until you you get the right speed, you play the song right. And that applies to mostly anything in life. I think that what this can do for Alonzi Contreras is that if he can't get consecutive innings together in a start, don't give up on him right now, put him in the bullpen and say, hey, you know what, come in for an inning, get us three outs, right? Start with three outs. Can you get us three consecutive outs? And if he can do that, let him pitch for two innings. Can you get us six outs? Then maybe it'll be a three inning appearance from him at some point. Can you get us nine outs? And then once you get you know, if you if you can put together three consecutive innings for us, then maybe he'll be put back into the rotation. That's what the Pirates are saying. But yeah, you don't you don't necessarily get better by by rushing or trying to continue to force things or even like going back to the to the basic basics of You know, Now let's get reaccustomed to what AAA feels like. I like this idea by the Pirates to put him in the bullpen. Give him a shorter sample size to work through. One inning. Can you get us three outs to preserve a lead and get us through this game with a win? Then can you get us six outs consecutively? Can you pitch two consecutive innings, then three? And I think once he starts to put those consecutive innings together, I think that he'll be better off and I I support this decision by the Pirates not to just demote him cuz I I think he's too good for Triple A at this point where he is in his career but he's not he's not doing well enough to be trusted with a start right now. So take it easy on Ronzi Contreras. Also, I kind of buried the lead. I was too excited about the Pirates, you know, winning collectively as a team. Congratulations, to Andrew McCutcheon. I think I played that uh, start uh, his 2000th hit. So congratulations to him. He got that yesterday, and uh, it's awesome that he got to do it in Pittsburgh. But I wanted to make mention of that before I say goodbye from this show. This has been the Fan Early Morning Show. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.